0: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's the fact, Jack and Joe Getty. Joey baby. I
1: love you, people. Armstrong and Getty. But
3: I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle.
4: Yeah. It's a... And now he is Armstrong and Getty. I just think this is fundamentally wrong. This divides people. This this enables people to target abortion providers, people who give advice, people who try to help Everything to say we are going to isolate and make life as hard as possible for those who don't have resources. But for those who have resources, just go to Massachusetts or go to New York
0: or go to California. Go somewhere else. And that's going to be the kind of division we're going to see in this country.
5: So plenty of states have attempted, will have passed restrictive abortion laws in recent years. But the Supreme Court steps in or a bigger court steps in and shuts them down. And a lot of people thought that would happen with this new Texas Heartbeat law, but the Supreme Court did not last night. They uh, jumped in and six to four, five to four, with uh, most of the conservatives that have been appointed in recent years being in the majority. Said, hey, "Let's let this fly for a while." Joe, who almost went to law school,
4: very nearly can explain why. Uh, yeah, before I get to the sure to be confusing analysis, let me just say I uh, haven't heard from the annoying and besweatered Elizabeth Warren quite some time. She was a constant presence on the front pages for a while. who wants
5: a beer? Yeah, well she was running for president and uh, she was uh, she looked like she might get it there for a while so mm. uh, so 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 what does this Texas law do that is okay. in effect as of today the, the the most radical abortion change in a state in many, many decades to actually take effect
4: first thing you need to know and we'll go into a little bit of detail, is the justices made absolutely no ruling on the constitutionality of the law. They didn't even go there.
5: Wrong. Wrong. I was listening to MSNBC this morning on Morning Joe, and a female law professor said, it is clear at this point that the Supreme Court is
4: against women's rights. Surely nobody would demagogue the issue of abortion in the Supreme Court and say things that were untrue. Here's the story. In, in, in On the one hand, it's a fairly classic fetal heartbeat law. You cannot perform an abortion after a heartbeat has been detected, which is generally around six weeks, and or it can be assumed, uh, judging by the length of time, that it would have been detected if anybody had looked at it. The really weird part of this law and Californians, mm-hmm. you're going to say, Oh, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. The weird part of the law is it doesn't grant to the state the responsibility to enforce the law and root out violations. It in effect deputizes the citizens to report to, to find and then sue anybody who is performing those abortions. And if indeed, That lawsuit is successful. The person who sued gets up to ten grand and their legal costs covered. So it's like a perpelt bounty given to the citizenry to find abortionists who are performing the procedure after a fetal heartbeat could be detected.
5: But so you could like just know somebody who got an abortion. Yes, and you're not the father or the dad.
4: You just right. are somebody who knows someone who got an abortion and you could move forward with a lawsuit? And, and you would sue the provider. Right. This is similar to, and, and look, everybody calm the heck down. I'm not defending I'm, abortion. I'm not saying I, I'm saying this is what I'm saying. In California, the, uh, the, ADA, Americans with Disability Act, California has this weird thing called the Unruh Amendment where it grants people the right to go around and say your railing in your bathroom is an eighth of an inch too low. I'm suing you for your violation of the ADA and it's it's spawned this enormous culture of extortionist lawyers who who some give a crap about the ADA and handicapped people most of them are just extortionists and they target uh, you know poor people people who don't speak very good english and they say i'm going to sue you uh unless you write me a check for uh, 5000 8000 eight thousand, ten thousand, twenty, depending on the business and uh and and i'll go away if you do that And the poor, terrified people, they settle. And so these guys get rich doing this.
5: Well, before we go any further down the road of uh, what this law does, though, isn't it's pretty important to point out, if I understand this correctly, the Supreme Court did not say, yep, we think that's a great law, five to four. We think that's a good idea and that's the way it should be. And thank God for it. They said, no, you didn't make your case for why to, to overturn that. So try again. Well,
4: yeah, in effect, but I was getting there. So first of all, those laws have unintended consequences in Texas. I suggest you rethink it. But here's the interesting part, and to what Jack was talking about. The law was crafted so that it would be very difficult to challenge in court because you're not challenging the, the authority of the government or the government's the, the state government's um, uh, enforcement abilities. Because it's crafted so that citizens go out and sue people. So it's, it's complicated and weird from a legal standpoint. And what the soup said by five to four is your filings didn't really address what they called quote, a complex and novel set of procedural questions. You did a sloppy job of going after the law, which is a, is a admittedly weird. Okay? Um now the liberals said the fairly predictable sorts of things, the or, court's order is stunning presented with an application Bushes, to Bush's I'm
5: sorry, Trump's handmade tale continues.
4: That's the sort of thing that's being said on the left. Sure. Presented with an application to enjoin a flagrantly unconstitutional law engineered to prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights and evade judicial scrutiny, said Justice Sotomayor, A majority of justices have opted to bury their heads in the sand. Chief Justice Roberts joined with the liberals. Uh But he said... The statutory scheme before the court is not only unusual but unprecedented. The legislature has imposed a prohibition, etc., and essentially delegated enforcement of the prohibition to the populace at large. Uh, the desired consequence appears to be to insulate the state from responsibility for implementing and enforcing the regulatory regime. But he and the conservatives made clear this is absolutely not a judgment on the constitutionality or unconstitutionality of the law. This is just a legal question into the arcania, the complexity of filing, uh, um, an appeal to the Supreme Court. They did, they didn't ask the right questions. Try again.
5: Which is what happens a lot with Supreme Court decisions. And it gets lost among people like me because, you know, I don't actually read the opinions or understand it. But the, the, the technical reasons of Supreme Court rules on various things often get lost in the discussion. They're for abortion. They're against abortion. That's not. They're for gay marriage. They're against it. It's not that simple quite often. Yeah, Um, super dumbed down. Yeah, but so I hope we get to the place, like I always say, where if we get to where most Americans are. Well, this is a stupid thing to say. If we get to where most Americans are on the subject, I think most people will be happy. Yes, that's true.
4: Um, (laughs) that's a brilliant observation. (laughs) Brilliant. Why people tune in? You
5: know, know, it is stupid, but you would thought, you'd think we could get there on immigration and abortion. They're pretty clear cut. Polling has remained pretty steady for a very long time. If you just did what most people want in both parties, these would cease to be the the, the flashpoints that they've been for so long. Of course, that's one of the reasons the politicians keep them going because they are fundraising.
4: Uh, get-out-the-vote flashpoints. Oh, 100%, absolutely. One more thought, and this is the way the liberal justices saw it and a lot of liberal people see it. And and I've got to admit, it's not a bad point. I'm not trying to convince you, it's but it's a decent point. They're saying, look, majority, if you're telling us this is such a weird-ass law, that, that that it's unique and 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 odd and unprecedented and it's uh we're not quite sure what to do with it and the lawyer's gotta try again and all this it's a, you know it's 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 got a iguana's body a sheep's head a baboon's red ass <laughs> i mean if that's true, then say you can't enforce it till we settle this till we work through it go ahead and and issue a uh you call it um, and and just hold off on enforcement of this law until you can look at it. That's what the minority was looking for, and and it's not a crazy argument. If this law is that weird, why don't we hold off a couple of weeks and take a good solid look at it? I get that, I get that.
5: Uh, that that yep. wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been a crazy decision. And I've always had a problem with five four rulings. I mean, five four rulings are troubling. I mean, just one person changes their mind, you have one different justice, and it goes completely the other direction. So.
0: Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty show.
4: Yeah, It's very metal.
0: I, I don't know
5: when I'll stop laughing at
4: that. I wish I had an acoustic guitar in here. I think I could do an even better uh, job, but how do I will clean in? out the Sound fridge and Maggie <laughs> is out back. I don't know. This is probably seven minutes long. and oh, sure. meandering, And Sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we have some clips we never got to as usual, and some of them are pretty good. Or so we're we, told. We call
5: that when we have clips we even get to cleaning out the sound fridge. Cleaning out
4: the sound fridge. That is <laughs> correct. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. Michael, uh, which of these do you like best? Which would you suggest? Uh, let's go with number seven to start with Tom Cruise. What he's like behind the scenes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an
5: intense guy. And all he really wants to do, he wants to entertain an audience. And if you're not all about that, you're going to get knocked off the Bronco. Because he is there to entertain an audience. And he's willing to really put himself in harm's way to do it. We you know, jumped over buildings together that exploded. (laughs) We were on a three-story building that collapsed. And I landed on my back and told him that something went wrong because I got uh, hurt. And he said, injured or hurt? And I said, what's the difference? And he goes, can you go again or is something broke? And I was like, no, I mean, I can go again. It, then he goes,
3: so you're hurt. And he goes, of course <laughs> you're hurt. You fell off a three-story building. He's not faking it. When he's holding onto a side of a the plane and it takes off and that wind is hitting his face and it looks like it's ripping his skin open. Because it's ripping his skin open. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting.
4: Wow. Yeah, st- he does strike me as a really intense guy, obviously. Is,
5: is he just com- really committed to the I'm a t- stud, tough guy thing? Uh,
4: well, the, the way who was that, by the way? Is that, as an actor, obviously. Yeah, as Jake Johnson is one of uh, somebody that uh, works with him. Tom Cruise yeah.
5: seems like he's more committed to being like a manly man now than he was when he was younger.
4: That's funny. I didn't take it that way exactly, although you could be right. I don't know. I just took it that he's utterly committed to... Making a fabulous movie.
5: Because he was more the heartthrob when he was younger, you know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Best uh, Tom I, Cruise movie. Best Tom Cruise role.
4: Let's see. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I've never seen Top Gun. You haven't? No.
5: either. have I. It'd be weird to watch it now. Really? Well, I just think that what kind of guy your age watches Top Gun?
4: Not uh, me, apparently. <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I figured, you know, it's a huge cultural touch point, especially for dudes. So uh,
5: yeah, I just I think was that is it is it for dudes or for chicks? I mean the whole oiled up playing volleyball, that wasn't for me. Hmm. That wasn't a that was for my girlfriend to watch. Um but anyway, so you think that's his best role? The movie? No, I'm just saying
4: I've never seen that one, so yeah. that's not on my list. That would make sense. I don't know. The freaking, uh, you can't handle the truth movie was pretty good, I guess. I don't know. It was a good movie. Oh, right. Yeah. And a few good men.
5: I thought he was actually really good in Magnolia. Like, incredibly, oh, yeah. active, just full on believable. Sold it.
4: Yeah. You know what? Yeah. He knocked it out of the park in that one. I don't, you name five more. I'll say, Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. He was great in that. I don't too. think
5: anybody else could have done the Magnolia role and it been as effective.
4: Just yeah, it was creepy, it was disturbing. If you've never seen the movie, it's a great movie. and said he was
5: just playing himself. Might have been, <laughs> might have been. Yeah. Anyway, how do we feel about New York uh, taking a different angle than uh, uh, other places in the country, where instead of it being mask mandates, it's vaccine card mandates to go into a restaurant or any building or anything like that? You have to show your card.
4: What do you think of that? You know, some people are g- completely freaked out by that, including a lot of our listeners.
5: Mark of the Beast.
4: <laughs> if i had a dime for every time i've heard something that something was the mark of the beast i'd have six hundred and sixty six well, uh, dollars something was showing your papers like nazi germany that's ridiculous um i, I uh I do, it doesn't bother me
5: um uh, me neither that's the first time i've ever said neither i tried it on i didn't like it i'll go back to neither mm. Mm. Well, i'm, I'm neither guy i'm not a neither guy yeah, what, what was the one? And I'm not uh, dressed like a neither guy. I'm wearing all denim, the, the Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. Looked oh. like a recently paroled <laughs> inmate. With a camo hat. Yeah, people like that, dressed like I am, don't say neither. Okay.
4: Uh, what was the word I noticed my kids say differently than they were brought up? Uh, what, what the heck was it? It was one of those, some people uh, pronounce the C the and some don't. One of those uh, words. Like, I can't remember. Accessory or accessory? No, no, Uh, anybody who says accessory ought to be uh, preemptively uh, detained. Was it chess? (laughs) They called it chest? No, I would disown them for that. Did they say long ranger? (laughs) No, again, that's, uh, you're out of the will. Or Star Trek. Good friend of mine was just hanging out with him, called it Star Trek the other day, and he Mm. was completely serious. Um but so uh, so
5: are the official show stances we don't have a problem with restaurants uh I, I to me I think it's a great idea so now the restaurant can be open and uh, people can go eat there sounds good to me that's no matter. hang
4: out go see the theater show whatever yeah dinner that's, table that's fine. Events. um you're not violating somebody's rights in a pandemic by saying look we can only have vaccinated people in here or or but this is again important and how do people not think of this? or a certificate that says you have natural immunity. Yeah, that is one thing that's left out of all of this.
5: Uh is um there are people and again we the last hour we mentioned there's a German study that believes that you have seven times more immunity if you have natural immunity than if you got the shot. So a person a person that hasn't had the vaccine but had covid is probably way more protected than I am and should be able to go into your restaurant. If you think you can
4: trust the Germans. All right, back to that. There are, well, there are a number of different studies that say a number of different things. If that is true, that is extraordinary. As far as
5: closing things down, I uh, I bought a Shakespeare yesterday, um, uh, King Lear, and <laughs> yes. uh, I'm going to read it. But anyway, uh, that's one that I've just never read for some reason. Anyway, I was just doing it's a little... It's Norman Lear, right? Uh, the great exactly. The sitcom King of the 70s? I was doing a little Wikipedia background in Shakespeare for some reason, and it mentioned there there that the London public playhouses were repeatedly closing during the extended outbreaks of the plague they were closed for a total of 60 months between 1603 and 1610 so over a seven year period five wow. of those years all the playhouses in london were closed because of the plague right. which is a pretty
4: reasonable uh, response which is you know and after that it was strictly bring your own rat <laughs> none will be supplied
5: um, do you have a reason why it's a problem for requiring a vaccine card to uh, go into a restaurant? Text line 415
0: kftc
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
5: Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
1: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
5: And then you have China.
0: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong
4: and Joe Getty. And now, is Armstrong and Getty. This segment, we're looking forward to chatting with Jeffrey Fowler, technology columnist from the Washington Post. Jeff does a terrific job of helping us navigate the confusing, occasionally scary, and deeply personal world of tech. Hello,
3: Jeff. How are you? Hello, how may I frighten you guys this morning? <laughs> well, well, are you well, vac-
5: are you vaccinated or are you breathing the COVID on me?
3: <laughs> I don't know, I'm I am vaccinated, but it does not transmit digitally. But other things do transmit digitally, sadly. See, already
4: informative, Jeff Feller. Hey, Jeff, before before we get into the gist of the conversation, I was just thinking about this today. There are, i and I'm pretty good at computers. I mean, not great, but for a consumer dope, I'm pretty good. If the printer isn't talking to the computer, I can usually I get it. I smash them with That's a hammer. Well, I was just going to say, but there are a couple... Th- I've got, like, things that pop up on my screen, whether it's from Norton Antivirus trying to give me some new service or Microsoft or, or this uh, Photoshopy thing I bought. And, and they freeze my computer for, you know, a, a minute, two minutes, three minutes. And I just... I can't get them off. I can't deal with them. And I'm a peaceful man. I'm a calm man. But I want to go to Microsoft and burn their headquarters to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I would never hurt a human being... But I would like to go in there with a flamethrower and do some damage. Are, are there any great utilities or anything? That are, how do you deal with that sort of stuff?
3: Yeah, well, one thing that I would recommend everybody do, um, regardless of whether you have a Mac or a PC, is to run some um, software on your computer that checks for malware. There's a free version of it. The one I use is called Malwarebytes. Um, because oftentimes these sort of slow slowdowns happen, because you have inadvertently, at some point in your history of using that computer, clicked on something that installed something that is uh, being naughty in the background. So that'll just you know check, do it, do a scan, make sure that that's out of the way a, as a problem. So that's a that's a decent place to to start. Other than that, restart the darn thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh, it's yeah. amazing how off,
4: it's amazing how often that helps. Yeah, I wish I had a restart. Anyway, so uh, Jeff's column, his most recent column uh, at the Washington Post, and we have it linked at armstrongandgiddy.com, is about how Facebook knows practically everything about you and whether there's anything you can do about it. How much do they know, and
3: how do they know it? Um, They know uh, an incredible amount. And what I did for this column is I did an experiment. I said, okay, I'm going to stop using Facebook and Instagram, because Facebook owns Instagram, even though everybody forgets that. Um, I'm going to stop using it for two weeks and then see what does Facebook learn about me while I'm gone. So that meant that I you know, didn't open the app. I didn't go to the website. People sent me Facebook Messenger things, and I ignored them, and they got angry at me, but that's okay. I was doing an experiment for science. And (laughs) after two weeks of not touching Facebook, I found out that Facebook learned basically everything that I did in my life. They learned when I went shopping for a walking chair. They learned that I was looking at websites uh, about babies because I have a baby on the way. So they figured out that I have a baby. Congratulations. They are. Thank you. They learned o- over 95 different websites, apps. Every time I started watching a show on Hulu, um, all this stuff Facebook sucked in because, and here's the crux of it, it's not just the Facebook app that is spying on us. The problem is they've gotten millions of other businesses, apps, websites, uh, just even physical stores to spy on us on on their behalf. So all those apps and websites are sending data all the time about you to Facebook, even if you're not using Facebook.
5: Including physical stores.
3: Yeah, you ever go into the store and they ask you for your email address? Yeah, and I always say no. Uh, Right, well, good. Well, the reason why they're asking you for their email address is, Supposedly, they're like, oh, well, email you received. Yeah, whatever. And actually, what they're doing is they're sending a record of your purchase to Facebook, which matches it up based on your email address.
5: I actually said to a guy at a store the other day if you ask me for any more information, I'm going to go somewhere else and buy it there. Please That's stop good. asking me. It. God they're so persistent yeah. they must I wonder if some of them get um a uh, bonus on how many people they get signed up for the email or whatever because they're so persistent like dude, or you don't
4: for failing to get it
5: you don't need my phone number and email here here's 20 bucks give me the product let me get the hell out of here oh that pisses me off anyway back to Jeff Fowler
3: <laughs> so the problem is that Facebook has become so big so dominant on the internet. It's used by 69% of Americans, at least those are the ones that admit to it. Probably more actually use it. Um, it Facebook Incorporated owns not only the largest uh, social network in the world, but also the second largest social network in the world called Instagram, and then also uh, the largest messaging services, uh, WhatsApp and Messenger. So any business in the world that really needs to do digital marketing, which is pretty much most businesses these days – have little choice but to play Facebook's game and send them our data. And that's kind of the core of this big discussion that's been going on in Washington about whether Facebook is just too big and the regulators and the government need to break it up.
4: Jeff Fowler writes about tech for the Washington Post. He's on the line. Is there anything we can do about it to make Facebook less intrusive?
3: So this is the problem with monopolies, right? It used to be when we talked about monopolies, it was like, oh, they keep raising the prices. We... You know, we we, gas gets more and more expensive or electricity would get more and more expensive. And then the government steps in. The problem with Facebook is that the price we're paying for it is our data. Right. It's our privacy. And yet, because it has a monopoly, unless the government does something about it, they can keep raising the price with little that we can do. So, yes, there are some technical things you could do, like, you know, twiddling some switches and installing some software on your computer or your phone to try to slow some of what Facebook can learn about you. But um honestly, it won't stop all of it. But you can at least try a little bit if you're really committed. I mean, starting with, you could quit Facebook. And that's something that most Americans don't want to do. Um, but if you did, at least Facebook would stop taking that data that they're getting from all those businesses and putting it into a profile and using that to kind of shape your experience of the internet facebook would still be getting lots of data about you but at least they wouldn't be using it anymore so that's a step forward so i'm not um,
5: i'm not on facebook but you're saying they get lots of data from these other these other ways but can't use it
3: correct so one of the most shocking things i learned in this sort of experiment is we use so california has a new data privacy law called the ccpa you may have seen it on websites it's the reason they're giving you even more pop-ups than ever, asking you for your permission to do things. Mm. Um, we, we used this law to try to ask Facebook to show us the data it had about a 12-year-old boy who had never um, had a Facebook account, Good one. never had an Instagram account. And Facebook responded by saying, go stuff yourselves, we don't have to do that, but also admitted, yeah, they have some data that they've collected on the boy, even though he never had an account.
5: Wow, a 12-year-old so, yeah, he, boy that's never been on Facebook, they've got a profile on already. That's amazing.
3: Wow. They said they had data about him, but they hadn't put it into a profile in their terms. So these are all kind of semantic games they're playing.
5: Right? Yeah, they and I wouldn't believe with. a word that comes. Did Mark Zuckerberg go to the crossroads and sell his soul to the devil, devil like Robert Johnson? Do you think he did?
3: Um, uh, I, think, I it's think it's pretty clear he, he did. Uh, I think look, I think these folks have have sort of like followed themselves down a path of thinking that they that our data is not ours, that it's theirs and they can do what they want to with it. And, you know, we're now kind of starting to reach the logical conclusion of that, which is people can't hide. You know, one of the largest corporations in the world gets to know tremendous amounts of information about all of us.
4: Now, I know in your article you also suggest that if you can't get off Facebook or don't want to, you can go into the settings and and, uh, do something called off Facebook activity.
3: Yeah, let's talk about that that one. Yeah, this is one of the the, the switches you can twiddle. Again, not a perfect solution, but it will help some. So last year, um, right before COVID hit, Facebook introduced – a, a new setting. It's called the Off Facebook Activity setting. And if you go and you dig into your settings and you find this thing, and I've got links to it in my my column and a little GIF I made to show you how to get there. Um, if you go in there, you can first of all a see all of the stuff that Facebook is being sent to you by other companies. So that's a pretty horrifying uh, thing to look at. You might you might either enjoy or be terrified by looking at that. And then B, you can go in there and you can toggle a setting which says, "Hey, Facebook." stop using this data to um, show me ads and to tailor my experience of Facebook and the Internet in general. Now, again, that won't stop Facebook from collecting the information. They won't delete it, but they'll stop using it, they claim, to sort of shape your experience of the Internet. So that's better than none. Jeff
4: Fowler of the Washington Post. Uh, Jeff, we appreciate the time. We have your article linked at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links so people can find it easily. Congratulations on your new baby. Indeed, good Thank luck. You. Best wishes. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. So, uh,
5: this is the thing that's bothered me about Facebook and Google for a long time, and I know the libertarian argument and I get it of uh why we don't want the government regulating any of these sorts of things and what's really a monopoly and mono- not a monopoly and competition blah 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 blah. Or you can choose not to be uh part of these things. You explain to me how you live your life without being uh, a Google person, for instance. If you've got kids in school, I, I tried as hard as I could to not be to not have a Gmail address at all. And I accomplished up until like two years ago. I was never, never had a Gmail account, never had any Google anything. But it's it was impossible. There's no way I could have my kids in school and be involved in in the sports and all the different things that you need to do to be in life without being part of the Google world. And then once I am, once I started down that road, it's just amazing how many
4: different uh, tentacles are to that. And same with Facebook. Well, right. And if your boss comes to you and says, hey, we're going to use Google Meets yeah, during the right. pandemic, Google exactly. Docs, the rest of what are you going to tell them? No. Just or the, mail, mail me my stuff, I'll or, read it.
5: Or the school says we're using Google Classroom. No, we're not going right. to do that. Okay, how are you going to function? You aren't. Um, and, and Facebook's kind of similar. You don't need it in the same way you need Google, but the way it's reaching out to you um, through all these different apps, even if you're not on Facebook, as he just explained, and as we all learned a couple of years ago, um, even if you don't get involved in different stuff, Facebook, people that are on Facebook, Contacting you through email and everything like that. Facebook reaches into your world that way. I don't, I don't see how you can get away from this stuff unless you just didn't, unless you're just an offline person. I don't see how you could stay out of their orbit.
4: Well, I, you know, I, I have a slightly Vince like attitude. Our old producer Vince who used to say, look, they got all your data. Just deal with
5: it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where (laughs) I ended up, but it's troubling. It's troubling that I ended up with. Okay, I give Google you got it, you know, you know, because I knew as soon as I signed up to Google Classroom and had to have a Google address, you're now in my phone, you're in my computer, you're in all of my emails, my accounts, my everything. I knew that that's but but I just reached the point of there's no getting around it. It
4: would be easier to take if these tech companies weren't obviously clearly vindictive, nasty, politically biased. The rest right, of it, right. as we've seen from the various bannings of social uh, platforms. And you know, if Mark Zuckerberg needs to take you out at your knees, he has plenty of access to plenty of information, incriminating, embarrassing, whatever. Um, all and, these people.
5: And do. when I was at the store the other day and the person was asking me for, uh, we'll, we'll need your email address to check out. I said, no, you don't need my email address. Well, we need that to, uh, to, th- no, you don't. Can we get your phone number? No. No. And I, and, you know, I don't want to get into the conversation with the 22 year old. I just want to pay for my stuff and get out, but you don't need that stuff. And by the way, who doesn't have my email and phone number at this point? So many people have it. I just, I can't imagine how it's still worth anything. Right. The, the millions of people, including the Chinese and Russians who have my email address and phone number, who could possibly profit off
4: of it at this point? If you need my number, pay the Russian mob a tenth of a cent for it. (laughs) All right? I'm leaving. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Goodbye. Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the
5: U.S. and Europe.
1: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
5: And then you have China.
6: The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show.
5: Uh, the CDC is back at it, so they, uh, they determine whether or not your, uh, your tenant has to pay rent or not. They also determine what language we're supposed to use now. They've got new suggestions for language that they're sending out to all healthcare, everything. Lots of words like equity, inclusive, intersectional, diversity, that sort of stuff.
4: Oh, boy, the critical theorists are are on the march.
5: Many of the suggestions from the CDC, which is supposed to deal with diseases, but they recommend switching from calling someone uh, a prisoner or a criminal or an inmate to using softer descriptive words, such as people who are incarcerated or detained. The Um, CDC? This is from the CDC. The CDC says anyone who is disabled should be referred to as people with disabilities. How do you think... You've moved the oh ball down the field toward good by making those kinds of changes. Um, but this, this, I, some of this stuff, I actually, this, th- that I think does nothing. Some of this stuff, I think does harm. Drug addicts should now be referred to as persons with substance use disorder. Uninsured people should be referred to as people who are medically underserved.
4: Why? Oh, for kids. I'm, un, I'm uninsured sakes. or I'm
5: insured. If you call me uninsured, it doesn't do any damage.
4: It's amazing how consistently this stuff moves from clarity to obfuscation to fuzziness and from like active words everybody understands to long jargony phrases in the passive voice if you're into the, I don't the language.
5: I don't understand why the CDC feels they need to get into this at all, but. Uh, other suggested changes include avoiding referring to people as their race or ethnicity, such as blacks, Hispanics and whites, and setting using racial instead start using racial groups such as black persons, Hispanic persons and white persons. OK, Latinx has been proposed, even though, as Joe brought us last week, Hispanic people either have not heard of it or don't like it. But. White, it's a tiny,
4: tiny percentage of Hispanic people who have any interest in the term.
5: But white grad school kids are going to tell Hispanic people what they should be called, whether they like it or not,
4: which. And how stupid their language is. <laughs> silly, silly brown people. We'll educate you.
5: On the political side, the CDC instructs healthcare workers to avoid using illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, foreigners, or any term that alludes to the criminality of illegally crossing the border, even though it is a crime to cross the border. I threw that in. Suggested and said are terms like people with undocumented status or non-U.S. citizens. Oh, people with undocumented status. There's also a strong emphasis from the CDC on um biological sex terms. So they're telling doctors and nurses, for instance, if you were going to refer to my son, you wouldn't say, how's he doing? You'd say, how are they doing? You don't want to assign a gender to someone with a he or a she. Please oh, no, do not, not use gendered language to to address everyone. That's what the CDC is telling doctors. Now not not how to treat a disease right here but to not refer to him or her.
4: The centers for thought control.
5: How's your mom doing? She doing okay? Last time I saw her. No, 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 no. <gasps> oh, how, dare how dare
4: you? you. Oh, how dare you. How
5: dare you? She's a birthing person who chest
4: fed me and <laughs> <laughs> she's a thing. <they. laughs> Oh, these people are so clownish and yet, yet their, their doctrines are being spread through the schools. Wow. Consider
5: using terms that are inclusive of all gender identities for parents to be an expectant parents. Wow. So the whole going in to find out the gender of your baby, which was its own kind of controversial thing when the science got to where it could do that. Now it's going back the other direction. Where they don't worry, ref- they're not gonna. They can't look at. I had never even thought about this, but clearly this needs to go away. And the CDC's jumping into it. You can't have doctors or nurses doing that little
4: thing where they put it on the belly and say, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm getting a really good image. I'm getting a good image. Oh, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, they am a baby. <laughs> but is it a boy baby or bo- <laughs> they am a it baby? It am them are babyhood embodied
5: i guess you'd it's, say it a got a penis or what i guess you'd say they have a penis you wouldn't it's, want to say he has a penis it's a hum it's a penis human a boy
4: no i'm not comfortable with that i'm turning off the machine click wow
5: i hadn't even thought about that but clearly that's the next step in the cdc the freaking cdc this is the federal government recommending this and then finally on their website, it now says, To build a healthier America for all, we must confront the systems and policies that have resulted in the generational injustice that has given rise to health inequities.
4: Of calling a boy a boy. You people have lost your freaking minds. You're crazy. You people are crazy. But you
5: seem kind of like you might be winning the day. I hope not.
4: I mean, they're, they're the ones in
5: charge of the CDC right now.
4: They're the ones in charge of the schools where our little children are getting indoctrinated every single day. And and moms and dads, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, birthing people and sperm donors. You need to be asking them that are childs, people who identify as childs, what are they teaching you at school these days about white people and black people? What are they teaching you? Do, they, do you ever hear the word equity? Ask your kids these things, because I guarantee you, if they are in public schools, there's a very good chance they're getting indoctrinated.
0: Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya
1: Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,